0: So if I gave you a pen and a piece of paper and asked you to map out your childhood home, do you think you'd be able to do that? Would that be an easy task for you? Would it be a boring task for you? Would it be an emotional task for you? Is it something that would stir up um, positive things or negative things? What would it be like to map out your childhood home? Um, I I shared this with the first service quite vulnerably. it, there would be a, If I were to show you my home, there would be a stain on the wall from where it, we took one of those like, like really silly like softball sized gummy, really weird toys that like they 're gross, but we threw it as hard as we could against the wall and it stuck there, and it was so high up that it, it was like yeah super high up that it was stuck to the wall for like three or four years. It was quite a while. Um, It was pretty gross. My mom was thrilled by that. Um, But also on this map of my childhood home, I could show you places where I've been in arguments with my siblings. Um, I could point out to you precisely where I was when my mom opened up her Bible to me. She herself, uh, a new Christian at that point in time, and she opened up the scriptures to me, sharing really dear, tender things that, you know, I was a teenager at the time, so I tried to play it cool. But inside, the Holy Spirit was working. Um, so I, I could map all of this out uh, in my childhood home. So David Farrier says that homes are like a clock. I love that. Homes are like a clock. He says houses have memories to them. I'm sure that's true for many of you as well. Well, today is a special occasion for our congregation for multiple reasons. First of all, Restoration is six years old today. Woot woot. That's going to be great. Yes. Praise the Lord. Um it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm still just blown away by the Lord's graciousness and sustaining us over these last six years, uh, which have been quite a journey, you could say. So thank you, Jesus. But also, this weekend marks for us the second anniversary of moving into this building. Uh, it was two years ago when these dear Lutheran saints trusted us to become the new stewards of this facility. And wow, like what a tremendous gift that is, but also what a tremendous responsibility that we now have in light of this. The building is like a house, isn't it? This building is like a, a home for for our community, uh, a, anyone, I mean, you, you are welcome here, uh, but it, it, ha- it's like a, it functions like a clock as well, doesn't it? And even though we've only been here for a couple of years, many, many memories have happened in this place. Uh, some of you, as I'm looking at who's here today, many of you were married here. I think there's like four couples in the room right now who are married right here on this moment. Uh, we've also marked um, sad occasions. There's been a couple of memorial services that have been here. Children have been baptized Here. Uh, in fact, today, we'll, we baptize four at the first service, we're baptizing four more this service. Friendships have sparked in this room. We've gathered together and prayed for very difficult events here in this room. And tonight, we're going to gather again, you're all invited, uh, into the fellowship hall, and we will feast together, we will party together, it'll be a great occasion. This is a house where memories are being formed, is it not? But today is also a special occasion beyond that extends beyond our congregation. Uh, today is All Saints Sunday, as, as Aaron shared at the beginning of the service. And this is a, a, a holy day that is being celebrated across the globe, it's a globe and it's been celebrated across, um, throughout time as well. And here we give thanks to our Lord and God who is the faithful one, who ministers and, and, uh, to, to people and calls people to himself faithfully, generation after generation after generation. He is the faithful God who continues to rescue sinners and to call them into his kingdom of light by his grace and by his love. So if you're here this morning and you, you call yourself a Christian, my guess is that there's someone in your life who has shared the faith with you, uh, who opened their Bible and, and with you, Uh, Or maybe it was through an author or a mentor or a teacher. Take time today, please, to either contact that person. That would be great. Uh, But also, be sure to thank the Lord God for these dear saints that have been in your own life, uh, that have sustained you, that have encouraged you throughout your journey. Well, I also love today because what this day reminds us is that we have a home in Jesus, that we have a home in God. I hope that came through so clearly in the scripture messages this morning. And so I want to I walk us through this passage. We're going we're to move through this in, in three different, uh, I want to hit on each of the three passages today. And keep in mind that you are invited into the home of God, that you are invited to, to enter into his presence, to be formed by him and, and his people with spiritual mothers and fathers and, and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. You are welcome into the family of God. Now, I imagine earlier when I asked you about mapping your, your childhood home, that, that could have stirred up some positive memories, but it also may have stirred up some negative memories. And so you might not have a concept of home that's particularly helpful or that's good to revisit. And I don't want that to distract you from what Jesus has for you, from what the, the Bible shows us, because the, the biblical idea of home is, is beautiful, it's healing, it's it's, it's restorative. And so please listen to this. Listen to the way in which God describes his home. And another little disclaimer, when I say God's home, I don't mean simply a building because restoration existed before getting a building. Most Christians throughout time have not had a building. Uh, the Bible is pretty clear that, that we ourselves are the church, that we are God's dwelling place that he is raising us up as living stones of a holy temple, fit and, and worthy for his presence. And so that is the home that I'm talking about. So we're going to move through this. Um, like I said, we're going to sprint through it pretty quickly. And we're going to ask questions like, who lives in this home? Who dwells here? What are the things that are cared about and loved and talked about in this kind of home? Uh, what's for dinner in this kind of home? Uh, what, what sort of things are valued here? So we're going to go to Matthew, and then Revelation, and then Ephesians. So let's turn and hear what Jesus says to us out of uh, Matthew's gospel. So Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted. Do you hear what Jesus is doing here? He's describing who's a part of his kingdom Who's a part of his household? Who's a part of his, his family? He's saying, the kingdom belongs to you. Come home to me, you who are broken, you who are weary, you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so if, if you're here today and you somehow feel like you need to have it all put together, like you need to put on a mask put on a happy face and, and make everyone else around you think that your life is perfect, like I'm sorry that we gave you that impression because that's, that's not what church is about. We come here as as people who are broken and and in dire need to experience God and His goodness. So, what are you grieving today? What sort of burdens are on your heart today? How are you hoping for peace in your life or globally today? Do you come here hungry for freedom from sin? Do you come here thirsty to to see the, the beauty of God and the riches that He has for us? Are you poor? Are you weak? Because friend, God's home is for you. God's home is for the weak, for the broken, for those who thirst for him, for those who've who've looked to the other places of this world and and found them absolutely dry and, and, and baseless, who want something substantial and eternal and good. That is who God's home is for. So come, come into God's home, all you who are weak and weary and hungry. So now let's turn to Revelation so here, the Apostle Paul, he's, he gets a vision to uh, the, the end of time, the way in which human history is going to wrap up. Holy smokes. And so what does this passage say to us about our Christian home? Well, I think there's a lot that we could draw from this. Certainly, I won't be able to cover it in just a couple minutes. But I think at, at minimum, what we can see is that God is gathering people from Every single tongue, tribe, and nation, he's, he's calling people all across uh, history and all across the globe. That's a lot of people. Like, this is going to be a large home. <laughs> this is going to be a, a massive gathering. In fact, the scripture says that the, this number is not um, numerable. We, it's It's beyond measure. But also, this is a joyful home. This is a place of praise. Do you hear the songs that they're singing? They're saying, salvation belongs to our God. He's, he's saved us. He's, he's freed us from, from sin and darkness. And then they say, I love this. It's blessing and, glo- and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might belong to our God. It just keeps going and going and going. What a beautiful portrait into the, the feasts that we're going to have with God, the celebration that we're going to have with God. This beautiful, eternal feast and joy. And this isn't just kind of vain emotionalism, that they're just kind of whipping up on their own. No, this is based on historical and spiritual realities, that Jesus Christ upon the cross has paid for all of our sin, and by his resurrection, he is victorious over death and Satan. And so what do we hear, what do we hear in this passage about our life here before this happens? What does this vision of, of the future mean for us in the here and now? Well, it means that our home is a place of hope. We know how the story ends. We, we've read the final chapter. We know how it all pans out. And so when, when, when despair assails us, uh, when, when depression overwhelms us, when we feel um, just nailed to the floor, we don't have to lose hope because we know how this all ends, But there's going to be a day in which suffering is banished forever. We have a home filled with hope. Thanks be to God. All right, what about Ephesians? Well, in this letter, Paul, uh, he, he, he uses a lot of family language, doesn't he? In verse 16, he says, I give thanks for you. And he's writing to the church. I give thanks to you. And he says, I remember you in my prayers. That God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. And then elsewhere, he refers to that spirit. He says "He says that, I want you, may you know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. I love that word inheritance. That's a family word, right? Like you don't talk about inheritance in the workplaces. Inheritance is, is something that someone leaves you or, or, or gives you. So my, my grandfather, when he returned from World War II, uh, and let me just start off even by saying, don't be distracted by by this. Um, how do I say? I'll just say this. So my grandfather, he opened up a tobacco shop, a pipe shop. Um, I'm not endorsing tobacco right now. Okay. I don't need email about tobacco after the service. Um, but he started this this pipe shop. It was the, he had the largest, largest cigar selection west of the Mississippi. It's in Kansas City. You can still go to the plaza and visit uh, Diebel's Sportsman Gallery. Uh, you can buy other things besides tobacco there. Um, but it, it was just, I remember as a kid visiting the shop. And I myself don't participate in that. And that's not a value statement. If you do, that's fine. Like, Okay. All right, enough disclaimers. But I would step into the, the shop, and I would just, I, I love the smells that are there. I mean, it was, it was a, a beautiful aroma. It was good. My grandfather was a hard worker. He, he built up this business, and he, he established a, a reputation in the Kansas City area. In fact, when he passed away, uh, one of my professors uh, in college was asking me about this pipe shop, and he kept saying, this sounds familiar. This sounds, oh, Deebles. He said, yes, I went to college in the Kansas City area and I was a poor college student because I spent all of my money in your grandfather's pipe shop. And I said, thank you, Father Dorset. <laughs> but yeah, so um, he also made his own pipes. He called them Deebles, um, bench made pipes. My grandfather loved his wife well, she knew that. Uh, he loved uh, his children, my mom, he loved us, grandchildren. And after he died, I inherited one of the pipes that he made, and I love that thing. Um, I uh, sometimes I'll I'll pull it out of its box and I'll and I'll hold it and I'll smell it. It smells just like the shop did, and in that moment, I'm I'm reminded of him. I'm reminded of his character, of his love for his family. I'm reminded of of his, yeah, just his abundant, hardworking attitude, his love. That physical inheritance, that pipe, is a reminder of invisible realities. That inheritance is a reminder of invisible realities. Maybe you have something like that in your life that someone has left you, you know, a picture or maybe a jacket or something, and holding that physical thing reminds you of the invisible realities such as their love for you or the example that they were in your life. So where am I going with all of this? Well, brothers and sisters, our Father of glory has given us a rich inheritance, far more valuable than a pipe, and definitely not as controversial, maybe. Uh, But he's given us the riches of his glorious inheritance, and Paul tells us exactly what this inheritance is. It's his spirit, his presence It's knowing that that when you decide to, when you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is actually with you. That also came across in our Revelation reading. You know, when we're we're told that we'll be sheltered by His presence, that we will be with God. That is the inheritance that we're able to experience now. This is precisely why we baptize. This is what baptism is. Baptism is this moment that we experience the presence of Jesus. He commands the church to baptize. We're told that we're spiritually united with Christ in baptism. That by the pouring of water, we receive the, forgive, the assurance of the forgiveness of sins. We're filled afresh by the Holy Spirit and received into the household of God. We receive the, the inheritance, the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to wait until the end of time to, to experience God. We get a, a foretaste of that in the here and now. And this is not something that just kind of gives us lovely feelings here and there. It's not just something that makes us feel warm on the inside. There is power in the Spirit of God. There is power of the Spirit of God at work in your life right now and among us right now. Paul says, may you have the the immeasurable greatness of the power of Christ working within you. What does that power mean? What does that do for us? Well, he has the power to remove guilt and shame from your heart. What haunts you? The power of God can remove that from you, so it doesn't haunt you anymore. He has the power to heal our our wounds. He has the power to mend broken relationships, to destroy sin in your life. He has the power to defend you from the attacks of the evil one. He has the power to deliver you from temptation. He has the power to answer prayer. This building is a reminder of that, right? Our home is a home of power where the spirit of God is at work. And man, I felt that during that music this morning. Like what a foretaste of of the power and the joy and the goodness and the beauty that can be had in the home of Jesus Christ. So if this is all new to you today, if if you're here and you're just kind of checking out church or restoration or, or faith in Jesus, I invite you to come home. Make your home here. Because you are welcome here. Come. Come and, and lay down your burdens. You know, confess your sins. Come and receive from the Lord Jesus Christ. Come and make your home here. Come home to Jesus and the church. Because, friends, this is, this is a place for the weak. This is a place for those who are, are burdened and thirsty and hungry. This is a place of hope. We, we point to a future reality that's been promised to us. That sin will be purged from the cosmos forever. But this is also a home of power, a place where we encounter the beauty and the power of God who transforms our lives day after day, more and more into his likeness and his beauty. So friends, I invite you to come home to Jesus and his church. Please pray with me. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for establishing a home for us. We rejoice in you because you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into the world, Lord, for our salvation. That through him, you're calling us home to yourself. You're raising us up as living stones of a holy temple. And so, Lord, I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit afresh on us today. Lord Jesus, I confess that, that we're like leaky buckets, we, we receive your Holy Spirit, Lord, but we forget quickly, or, or we mess up or something, and we need to be filled afresh with your Holy Spirit. So move in us again, Lord. May this be a community that, that glorifies your name. We ask all of this in that powerful name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.